Hey, what's going on? Painter Sharpless with the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Today, I sit down with Curtis Birch of Locked On Kentucky, and we have a nice conversation, get his insight on John Calipari, what's happening in Lexington with the Wildcats, why they pose such a challenge for the Rebels and really everyone else in the league as they sit atop the league at 9-2 and two alongside Auburn and LSU. Before that, though, I sound off on what Lane Kiffin and his staff can do and what they can build at Ole Miss as spring practice begins to approach us, and more importantly, as we look to the long-term goals and aspirations for this program and that you, the fans, have for Ole Miss football. But first, a word from the folks who make this podcast possible. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, what is going on, Painter Sharpless? Yeah. <laughs> did I just ask myself what's going on? I think that's what happened there. We already did the interest. There's really no need to say my name again, but I'm a pretty narcissistic guy, and I don't want you to forget this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, your team every day, with Painter Sharpless. So we've talked broadly about Lane Kiffin and what his staff can build at Ole Miss. It is undoubtedly going to be a big part of this first season as eight wins seems like an, an optimistic outlook. I think seven is very plausible. I think six is likely. Eight's not impossible, certainly. It's just going to mean that you probably need to knock off Auburn or Texas A&M. That said, there is an interesting article at 24-7 Sports Ole Miss spirit in which they talk to Barton Simmons, who is the 24-7 sports director of scouting. And he went on to talk some about what it is Lane Kiffin might be able to do for the Rebels. So I'll read a bit of what he had to say here. Quote, I think it's a phenomenal fit. I think that Lane Kiffin knows the landscape of the SEC. I agree. I think he knows the recruiting pace it takes to stick with the pack. We'll see. I think he certainly knows where Ole Miss stands in that pecking order, which may be more important. He goes on to say, especially in the SEC West, I think he has an ambitious mentality on and off the field that matches that Ole Miss fan base, which I think has high expectations. It's a good match. He goes on to say in his wheelhouse, particularly about recruiting, quote, I just think it's a new era in college football. With the early signing period, it's difficult to come in as a new coach and make any impact like you could have five or six years ago when you think about not only the limited number of players you have to recruit to pull from in January, 
because so many have already signed. This is exactly, exactly the point that needed to be made. And it's good that someone who works, who does this for a living, like recruiting is where their money is made, literally. And if you're an Ole Miss fan and you were bummed out because you got the splashy fun hire, you got the guy that's been good in the transfer market, you got the guy who's good at doing PR and being self-deprecating, all those things, and you're going, man, I know he didn't have a lot of time, but 18 signees, that's it? Well, again, as I've said over the last two weeks, and I will continue to reiterate until you all start tweeting at me and telling me to stop, and then I think I'll just lean into it more, this was the right move. Even though the transfer market can be volatile, there was no need to just go out there and get guys so that you could fill up the class and move up the rankings just a little bit. That doesn't actually make you any better. So now you're able to reset and assess the positions of greatest need. Defensive line has been an obvious one. Yesterday we talked about (laughs) the preferred walk-on at long snapper, which in all seriousness looks like a good pickup. We've talked about some grad transfers already, an exciting proposition at tight end. It just was a tough sell to come in here after the early signing period wraps up and try to make much happen because a lot of the the guys that you might want and you had these relationships with, they've already signed. So now they'll have a, a full cycle to do that. And I'm excited to see what Kiffin and his staff can do in the interim as they do fill out the class and as they do try to get some guys who can, you would think, come in right away and help, which is another way at looking at the transfer market, right? Like if you bring in that grad transfer, you probably weren't expecting too many of the freshmen, especially in this class, because Lane Kiffin doesn't want to come right out and say this, but not only was it not as deep, it's just not as talented as most of the classes they're going to get. He's correct to point out that it's not as deep, but that was a softer way of saying, yeah, we didn't really have the time to fill this out, and also we didn't have the time to pursue and really take advantage of the relationship building we've done that often spans multiple years of these players' lives, sometimes going back to middle school or early high school. So I've said top 15 to me seems like a very plausible thing for Kiffin to do, and that still puts you somewhere in the SEC between probably 7 and 9, maybe 6 and 8 in the conference, depending on the year. But if you're top 15, you very, you, you very well may be the 6th or 7th best in, in the conference. Simmons goes on to say, quote, I think the expectations should be a top 25 class. Lane Kiffin is capable of bringing that in, certainly a top 25 class. I think he's capable of bringing in something a lot loftier than that. I agree. Like all that he just said, that came out of his mouth. I think the expectation should be a top 25 class. I think that Lane Kevin is capable of bringing in certainly a top 25 class and capable of bringing in something loftier. Yes, he is. And he's going to need to be. If, if Ole Miss is really going to contend for an SEC West title, that means that they're also going to put themselves in the conversation of national relevancy. If some of you have heard of the blue chip ratio, it is a scientific way of looking at how teams recruit and the threshold at which you must recruit in order to seriously, at least in the modern era, have won or be in consideration of winning a championship. And recruiting in the top 15 consistently would put you right about on the borderline of that. 
I think the expectations should be lofty, and they will be within Lane Kiffin's meeting rooms, and they certainly are, regardless of what they are in the meeting rooms with Lane Kiffin and his staff with the Ole Miss fan base. Simmons is, is right on here. It's a very proud fan base, even if it's a group that has not had a ton of success historically. It has had some. I won't pretend that's not the case, especially decades ago and throughout periods of, of ebbs and flows, and then most notably just a few years ago. But the product was exciting at the time. They were scoring. There were NFL players on the field. They were in close games. And all of that, of course, obviously stems from being able to recruit at a high level, at a top 15 level Check out the blue chip ratio story. I think that's something we can take a look at next week because ultimately that needs to be the goal. I don't just think being a top 25 class should be the goal. That's not good enough most seasons for Ole Miss to really think that it can beat a lot of the teams on its schedule. It's just not. If they can get somewhere in the top 15 and if they can find themselves five, six, seventh best in the conference at recruiting, and then they run something innovative and they find a year in which their experience builds up and maybe the West is down. Maybe the West isn't down. Maybe they're just recruiting. And we saw Matt Rule do this with, an, quite honestly, a less talented Baylor team this year. They used that word that fans are obsessed with, development. Yeah, they really did that. And they just out-schemed a lot of people and they played, as cliche as it is, they played hard. I know that that does not give you much in the way of analysis, but it is true and if you talk to Big 12 teams, they will. that's something that came up about the way rule staff played. And so I say all that to say, look, you just are not going to win the recruiting battles against Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Florida. And most of the time, Auburn and Tennessee and, and with Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, same thing. So it's like, where does that leave you? And how much wiggle room does that leave you within your roster and your coaching staff to do things that are different and when your talent stockpiles and when the experience breaks for you in the right way, you can make a serious run at your division. And I think what Simmons said here is very on base and should be encouraging for you Ole Miss fans listening. Okay, up next, Curtis Birch of Locked On Kentucky joins me to talk about your Ole Miss Rebels traveling to Rupp Arena. Right now, I am joined by Curtis Birch of Locked On Kentucky. Curtis, how are you? Good. What's going on in your world right now? There's a there's a basketball game that we're going to get to in just a moment. But uh, what's happening in your world ahead of uh, Valentine's? Oh well, uh, from the UK athletic perspective, we're kind of all on pins and needles about. UK football assistant coach Vince Merrow. <laughs> to be honest, right now he's got a an offer from Michigan State, and so we're we're seeing where that goes at this point. And now outside of basketball, that's the main topping point around campus. You can follow Curtis at Curtis Branch. Many of you perhaps already do. Curtis, uh, before we dive into the basketball conversation, any plans this weekend? Are you just taking it easy? Are you taking care of anyone else? Taking taking care of Curtis? What's happening? Uh, no, no, nothing specific. Just going to be going to the game tomorrow. That's about it, really, for me this weekend that I got on the agenda. And then I got a there's a big women's basketball game on Sunday as well. Um, in the SEC, Mississippi State comes to town, so that'll be that'll be one for conference 
standings on the women's side of the basketball front. So this weekend is mainly focused around basketball for me. <laughs> Curtis is uh, is busy this weekend. I love it. Uh, you're, you're a much harder worker than I am here on this Valentine's weekend. Let's start then with the obvious. Ole Miss has won three straight, Curtis. And I really like what Ole Miss has done over the last week and a half. And you go, well, sure, they're starting to win games, Painter. Like, of course you do. How, how convenient. On the other hand, this is more in tune, more in line with what I thought Ole Miss was capable of at the beginning of the season. It's pretty obvious when I look at this, I don't see many areas that Ole Miss can be successful against Kentucky. What do you think? It's kind of a, they're playing Kentucky at a, at a bad time, to be honest. It feels like a lot of things are hitting at this time for UK basketball. You know, Coach Calipari has been hypercritical of uh, the freshman guard Tyrese Maxey, but after the Vanderbilt game, he said that he's finally doing what he's asked and on the offensive side, and what he was asking him to do was play through contact. That's a big thing that, that Calipari says. Basically, you know, if you're going to get fouled, make the basket too. You know, get that extra, sure. get those ex- that extra <laughs> point. And, uh, and the other thing that, you know, he wants him to do because the team as a whole to do is, get that contact because they're so good at shooting free throws this season this is i think without a question been coach calipari's best free throw shooting team um and so those guys seem to really be listening and doing that and then the emergence of of nick richards uh this season has been just phenomenal to kind of see his progress a guy at the beginning of the season people didn't know what to expect for him from him and now you know he's most definitely going to be on the first team all sec and could end up sec player of the year now he's on national watch list i i mean him him getting going has just been unbelievable and then the one over the past couple weeks one of the things that have been a main concern had been ashton Higgins and his turnovers they'd been racking up um and against bandy he only had one he as Calipari said today in his press conference, the thing that he was doing, he was making the, the easy plays. He wasn't trying to make things too complicated, and that showed on the floor by him not turning it over. And so it seems like all the all the players are, are hitting on the right notes as they wind down this regular season. Yeah, when I look at Brian Tyree, you know, he's going to get his, although certainly you would expect Calipari and that staff to look first at slowing him down and forcing Shuler, Henson, and Buffin, as well as C, to be more of a factor because – Quite honestly, there have been stretches where the only thing offensively for the Rebels has been Tyree. During this successful stretch, though, that has started to change. And as I look at what Ole Miss does well, um, they're playing much better defensively during this win streak. um, And that's really been the only thing that's held them together at times, particularly at defending the three. Your thoughts on some areas that Kentucky might be able to exploit against Ole Miss, and then any areas where you think Ole Miss might be able to have some uh, success? Well, I mean, I think that down low, Kentucky, this isn't necessarily a knock against anybody on Ole Miss, but as I was talking about with Nick Richards, he just become such a dominant force that, you know, there, there are a few true big college basketball players anymore where so many people have kind of gone to a lot more spacing and getting – you know, less size on the floor, he's able to take advantage of almost anybody nightly. So I think that's something that they're going to be focusing on. And that's something that the Calipari was talking about uh, after the Vanderbilt game is how Nick Richards is, is kind of calling for the ball and, and saying, you know, I, I need the ball, guys, give me the ball. And when you have that kind of leadership taken in that kind of um, situation where a guy wants it, you know, that means that 
they're going to give it to him because they believe him. And that was one of kind of Calipari's big, big things is the fact that uh, team the team taking ownership. And that that's the latest example of that is Nick Richards calling for the ball and wanting wanting those moments and wanting to put the team on his back. Now, on the flip side, if you watch the the first half of that Vanderbilt game. I think and I think the number was 10 threes given up and there's been some some struggles uh perimeter defensive wise Kentucky has not been able to stay in front of guys as often as they would like and then on the when that happens that opens up drive and kicks and teams are able to hit some threes so I think that that's where uh, there is opportunities for opponents uh, on them and you know Calipari has has been pretty upfront about it and he's been getting on his guys cuz individually they're all pretty solid defenders on the perimeter but it just seems like every once in a while they I don't know if they lose their minds or not pay attention but they have they have a propensity to kind of get beat off the dribble sometimes and that leads to some open threes yeah Curtis that's interesting you mentioned that because statistically Kentucky has been good at defending the three uh did Calipari talk about that recently we we're recording this um, on a Friday, but I know right before we spoke, you had just been to a press conference. Yeah, yeah, Calipari spoke before before the game on Saturday, but no, he, he talked about that on uh, after the Vanderbilt game. That was what his main complaint for the first half, and they said that was the main reason uh, for for Vandy's success. Is they kind of and this wasn't this wasn't necessarily all on the guards. Vandy kind of ran four wing offense so they were trying to pick on Kentucky's four man and drive on them and exploit a little bit of a mismatch and so that's where those came from um and so you know it's it's as a lot of times with all college teams you know you fix you focus on one thing you get that fixed and then something else up that starts to slide a little bit I think that was the most recent thing that that slid a little bit and that's what I mean to to the team's credit they were able to get it cleaned up in the second half to a certain extent but it is something that has plagued them to a certain extent with certain lineups of guys getting into the lane. You mentioned free throws a moment ago, and you also mentioned that it is something that Kentucky has done very, very well this year, uh, shooting free throws. It is something that Mississippi has done very poorly defending against. They fouled a good bit, and uh, statistically, the free throw line for opposing teams has hurt Ole Miss this season I would assume moving forward, that is, especially with the interior presence, that's a major point of attack for Calipari and his staff. Yeah, without a question, without question, and and that goes back to Nick Richards. He's one of the better free throw shooters on the team, which is rare for such a big guy to be so great from the line. Uh, I think someone was talking about a stat where he was his crunch time free throws. You know, the last five minutes of a game, or he's over eighty percent, which is just uh, <laughs> um, uh, just amazing. It's something that you know you don't get him the ball <laughs> normally. When you normally the center's the release valve in a right. lot of late game situations, and you're trying to he's trying to get away, play hot potato to get it back to a guard. <laughs> but with Richards, you feel completely comfortable with him going to the line. And then on the flip side, what we've seen in the last couple of weeks is Emmanuel Quickly, who's the best free throw uh, shooter on the team, and is on pace. I think to break the all-time free throw percentage record for uh, UK basketball season this year. He started to get some little tricks in his game, looking a little bit James Harden-esque uh, <laughs> in drawing fouls uh, when he's jump shooting. If he gets a guy in the air, then he's going to swing through and, and pick up the pick up the foul and get to the line. 
Curtis, your biggest takeaway heading into this matchup, it doesn't necessarily have to be anything Ole Miss-Kentucky related, but what do you think this win for Kentucky does? They're near the top of the standings. Ole Miss comes in with confidence. I don't like their chances on the road at Rupp. They've been better at home, as you would expect, but as there are some storylines around Lexington and as this seems to be the time of the year that Calipari's squad starts really rounding into form, What's the biggest story for you? If Kentucky's able to get the win, it, it would be a situation where they would just continue to be building. Uh, kind of similar to last weekend when Kentucky traveled to Knoxville. You know, Tennessee isn't having the year that uh, they had the season before after losing all those guys, uh, and it was a hostile environment. It's it's kind of one of both of these games, and or those where you're expected to win, but when you just look beyond the records of the teams it's going to be a little bit tougher and Ole Miss has talent and they've been playing well uh, lately so I think that a win would just be a continuation of the growth that the team has shown over the last couple weeks and as everything when you get to this time of year building towards March and building to that that tournament resume to get as good a seed as possible so I think that that's that's the outcome the team's looking for. I'm also curious to know, I'm not acting like this is a super, super experienced team, but compared to some past years, this Kentucky team has more returners on it. How has Calipari dealt with that? How has that helped with, certainly I would imagine it's helped with the chemistry and the development of some of those younger players? Yeah, no, without a doubt. He's let let the team take ownership. I mean, he his example of a few games ago, Emmanuel quickly was calling out the uh, offensive plays and timeouts. He says, we should run this. And then they ran it, and it, they ran it back-to-back times, and both times it went to a, a lob dunk to Nick Richards. And so you just see those examples of guys on the court knowing what they're doing, and, and so that allows uh, Calipari to kind of sit back and let them take ownership, and that's one of his big things. When a team takes ownership, uh, they they build everybody up, and that's kind of a, the rising tide lifts all ships type to deal with. If you feel like this is your team, you're going to maybe give a little bit more, and you're not playing for the coach, you're playing for your teammates, you're playing for yourself, and so that's one of the ultimate goals. I am fascinated to know, and this doesn't have anything to do with what we're currently talking about, but it has been brought to the attention of the country that it's been 25 years since the Calipari-John Chaney feud. What do you make of all that? It it was We sort of remembered it fondly earlier in the week, but you know, it, it's also has Calipari been able to laugh about this? Well, yeah, actually, I have a good story about that. There, John Cheney <laughs> and John Calipari are actually friends now, and I was the producer for his weekly call in show once. And he was in the middle of the show, and all of a sudden, he just got up out of the studio and then started walking. and He walks by my production studio and he's like, Coach Cheney, I called to wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> And so they're they're friends now, and and that 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 situation. I mean, he he talked about it a little bit. I think it was last year, or the year before. But yeah, they're they're buds now, and I think that that was just both. You know, coach Coach Calipari admitted in his youth he was a little bit hot headed, and obviously everybody knows Coach Cheney <laughs> all the way through his career was the same way. So they butted heads, but now they're on great terms and are, are friends. How's my guy Kyle Tucker doing? He's a friend of the show we do here midday on ESPN 106.7. I always enjoy Kyle's insight. I did not realize it was you two doing Locked On Kentucky together. Oh, he's doing great, uh, as always, Kyle. Uh, he's, <laughs> he, he, I mean, he's got a lot to say and a lot of opinions. He was actually on vacation last week, so he should be all well-rested up and 
ready to fire everything up for <laughs> the coverage of Kentucky versus Ole Miss this weekend. Um, Curtis, anything that I didn't ask you, whether it's related to Ole Miss and Kentucky or not, that I should have as we gear up for what I think will be a fun game in Rupp, but one that just there's too many things that I think favor Kentucky in this matchup. No, I think that maybe like the only, like I mentioned earlier a little bit about Tyrese Maxey. That's a guy who Calipari has been kind of hard on, and he's normally hard on a player that he expects the most from. So I would say just to keep an eye on him, and if he can continue like the with the performances he's had recently, specifically against Vandy, if he can have another big one, then that might be you know a guy who's ready to kind of take a step forward and uh, become even more prominent in the next spotlight yeah I think Carl uh, Anthony Towns a few years ago was a player that got some of the ire from from Calipari for those not as familiar with why Calipari does that could you briefly explain to us why it seems like he sort of picks on an individual player I think most of the time he just wants to he knows a lot of these guys are just going to be here for one season so he just coaches them as hard as he can to get the most out of them and you know a, a lot of times the assistants and the staff tell the guys you know listen to what Coach Calipari says, not how he says it, because he can get kind of loud, as he says. He lets everybody know I'm Italian. I get loud. And and so in those situations, you got to listen to the words, not how it's being phrased. And and so that's why I think he's so hard on uh, Max. He just sees that his ceiling is so high and he wants to reach it. He wants him to reach it. As you look at the remaining schedule, Mississippi, LSU, Florida, A&M, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, I don't see more than one loss on that. Uh, how do you feel about the remaining games until March 7th? The biggest two are the Auburn return game. They're going to be very – everybody's going to be fired up for that one. They're going to win try that to get, one. Yeah, try to get a revenge on that. LSU is, is the one that's tough, you know, being down there. And, yes. And so, uh, yeah, that, that's the one that kind of you stand out the most. You know, those two games will be for the, the top, top in um, the SEC standing. So those are the ones you keep an eye on. Curtis, man, I appreciate your time. I know you have a lot going on this weekend. If you would, tell everyone listening where they can hear you and where they can find you and follow along. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. Also, you can hear me. I got um, posting Sunday morning sports talk now on 630 WLAP out of Lexington, so you can hear the reactions the day after the game there on from 9 to noon. Man, really appreciate it, Curtis, and hope we will get a chance very soon to do this again. Have a fantastic weekend and enjoy yourself. It sounds like you're working hard. Try to enjoy yourself just a little bit. <laughs> I'll do my best. Thanks so much.